We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com, and we are going to talk about the commitment of Steve Angeli to Notre Dame. He is a 2022 quarterback from the state of New Jersey, from Bergen Catholic in Oradell, New Jersey. Uh, we're going to talk about that, going to give my thoughts on Steve as a player. So the beginning of the show will be about Steve Angeli and, and what he adds to the Notre Dame class. That will be followed by... Uh, my thoughts on overall, just my thoughts on this decision by the Notre Dame staff. Was this the right decision? Just the overall recruiting thoughts on uh, 2022 recruiting. So as I'm talking about Steve Angeli, we'll get some highlights going here so you can uh, you can see something of what he can do. A little background on Steve Angeli. He was a one-year starter at uh, Bergen Catholic, played a short one-year starter. He was a junior this past year. Here's some huddle highlights. Uh, he was a kid that threw for about 900 yards and six touchdowns this year in a shortened season. So keep in mind, this was a uh, this was a shortened season for his team because of COVID uh, situations there. Uh, so th- th- his numbers are going to be somewhat reflected by that, obviously. Uh, under 60% completion percentage. His statistics were a little – he ran for minus one yards rushing, according to Max Preps. Uh, but he's actually not a bad athlete. You know, he moves around in the pocket okay. Uh, he's not really going to be a guy that that runs the ball a lot in college, but is a guy that that can move around in the pocket. You know, sort of a Mac Jones type of guy. Really nice frame, as you can see on these clips. 6'3", 215. Decent arm strength. You know, I think he's also a kid that at 6'3", 215, has some tools that should allow him to 
up his his arm strength a little bit. Um, so I think there's some 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 growth there, but he doesn't have a, a a really like powerful arm that you see from other top quarterbacks. And the other thing is, I don't I don't love his accuracy as a quarterback because when you watch him throw. He's a he's a high effort guy to throw the ball downfield. You can see it on film. You can see it in some of his individual workouts. For him to really get the ball downfield and power the ball downfield, he has to get a lot more body on it. Well, the problem with that is the more you have to, the more effort you put into throwing the football, the less accurate you're going to be. Uh, it's like a pitcher. It's like with anything, you know, a pitcher that has to really muscle up to throw 95 is going to throw a really flat fastball and it's not going to get a lot of movement and it's not going to be overly he's not going to have great control of the strike zone whereas if he would you know kind of dial it down to 90 91 then he'd be allowed to control it more well it's so harder to do that in football if you don't have a really powerful arm so he doesn't really have a powerful arm naturally although I do think there's room for that to continue to grow let's keep in mind he's still just a junior in high school so and he does have a, a big body so I think that there's going to be room for him to continue to add to that. And as you see from that clip right there, he's not a bad athlete. I mean, he can move, he can, he can be a guy that can move the chains. He throws one well the run. You can see that right there, just snaps the ball off. Nice, nice accuracy on the run. From kind of 15 yard in, 15 yards in, you know, he throws a nice ball, throws some throws accuracy. He's just to me, uh, not a guy that you really look at and say he's just got any tools that are necessarily special. So that's kind of my analysis on Steve Angeli. And again, this is a good, solid player. Uh, he's ranked by rivals as a four-star recruit, but he's not a top 250 guy. Uh, he's not a top 15 ranked quarterback for them. He's, I think, the 13th ranked pro-style quarterback, but of course there's also the the dual threat guy. So he's not in the top 15 there. Uh, 247 Sports ranks him as a three-star recruit, and he's not. I think he's the 16th best pro-style quarterback. So again, He's probably in the 20s when it comes to overall quarterbacks uh, in, in that regard. So, you know, again, there's some tools to work with from Steve, you know, with Steve Angeli. So that's that's the positives. That's just the X's and O's. That's just a matter of fact. He had a good offer list. Uh, LSU offered, Ohio State offered. None of them were pushing for him. Uh, Notre Dame wasn't pushing for him either at first, at least for a while. They offered him. Uh, he was actually their first offer at quarterback which is is a little was a little bit puzzling but here's nothing he comes from a great program uh Bergen Catholics have a great program Notre Dame is trying to recruit Jaden Gould from uh that from that school he's one of my favorite cornerbacks of the 2022 class so maybe Steve Angeli can help bring that in uh so there's some things to like about Steve Angeli if we're, if we're being objective and just looking at him as the player there are some things to like and there's some tools there to work with Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, 
Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in this program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. So that is sort of my analysis of Steve Angeli. So if all you want to hear is his skills and his talent and that's it, and you don't want to hear anything else, now's the time to tune out. Uh, Now let's talk about what this means for Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint. So number one, uh, obviously you now have your quarterback in the class. They needed a quarterback in this class. You need a quarterback to me in, in every class unless you have a year where you've signed two quarterbacks. So it was good uh, that that you got that. Now, here's here's the concern that I have. I think getting Steve Angeli, especially getting him now, is reflective on what was, in my opinion, a poor quarterback recruiting strategy by the Notre Dame staff. This is a this is well, I have yet to see a quarterback that just blows me away the way that Trevor Lawrence did, you know, that generational player. And I know that Quinn Ewers and there's other players that are highly ranked, but they're really good players. But I haven't seen like a truly no brainer, surefire quarterback. These are all juniors, mind you. But the issue is it's a it's an incredibly deep quarterback class. And in my opinion, Notre Dame did not get the caliber quarterback that it should have based on, one, its needs. Because let's be honest about the quarterback depth chart. I like Drew Pine a lot, but he's an undersized guy, and we don't know what kind of quarterback he can be. I've talked about how Tyler Buckner is one of the highest-ranked Notre Dame quarterbacks they've had under Brian Kelly, but he's played one year of high school football in three years, and that was against very low-level competition. We don't know what he's going to be, so you need to be in position at Notre Dame to add top-level quarterbacks year after year. That's just where Notre Dame needs to be in this regard. So uh, they added a, just to me, a solid player in in this regard. So I don't, I don't love this pickup to be honest with you. I think that the, the, the strategy was confusing. I think number one, the fact that they were so late offering guys like Ty Simpson, I don't think they would have got Ty Simpson anyway. And, and, and I like Ty Simpson. I don't love Ty Simpson, uh, Gavin Wimson is a guy that I absolutely love as a quarterback. They haven't been able to make any inroads there. They made us top eight, but it doesn't appear based on this that they either like Steve Angeli more, which would be a head scratcher, or they didn't think they were going to get him. You decided not to offer Sam Horn, who a quarterback from Georgia who just committed to Missouri, that to me is a significantly better prospect than Steve Angeli. Uh, much better throw over the football, much better accuracy, ball placement reads way more production at the high school level, which is a part of the evaluation process. And, and then they were late offering Drew Aller. Now, to me, I don't see how you can take a kid from New Jersey that's thrown for 1,200 career yards and, and has started really six games in high school, and you look at him and there's some good tools there, and then you look at Drew Aller and you say, well, we got to watch a lot more film. And to be as slow as in the process as they were, going after Drew Aller is to me really confusing and a, and a head scratching move. And you say, well, you know, we you needed to see him throw live. Well, I get that, but look, you can't see these guys throw live, so you have to rely on your ability to evaluate tape. And when you look at a guy like Drew Aller and you say six five, two twenty, athletic, bazooka for an arm, are there things he has to improve on as a quarterback? Absolutely, there's things he's got to improve upon. But the 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 potential there, the raw talent there was enormous. I mean, and you lost to 
Penn State is essentially what I believe Steve Wolfong at 247 Sports is, is predicting him to go to Penn State. The fact that they weren't going to get Aller is why they moved for Angeli. So they moved quickly on Angeli so then they can spin it, and you'll hear people spin it, and you'll hear all that, well, they really liked him more. That's why they offered him first, and that's why they pushed for this commitment. Look, they slow played Angeli to wait for Drew Aller. That's just that's just the way it went down. And 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 so they, they're going to lose Drew Aller. They're not going to get him. So now they're making the push for Angeli. And look, this is part of the – that the – the games that coaches play at every school when they're when they're going to miss a kid, they try to then push for another kid to make it look like, well, this is the kid we really wanted all along. That's just spin, and you can believe it or not, but it's spin. That's not how it went down. They did a poor job, in my opinion, managing this draft class, this this quarterback class. There's too much depth in this class to have to be taking Steve Angeli in this class, and 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 I mean no disrespect to Steve Angeli, he's a nice prospect, but. You just went to the playoff two out of three years, and the year you didn't make the playoff, you went eleven and two. You shouldn't have to settle for that next line guy. You should be going out there and getting those top guys. The fact that that Tommy Reese put in work to develop a relationship with Drew Aller, but not in a way that the coach at, at Penn State did. I mean, from the moment he was hired at Penn State, they were all over this kid. You're our number one guy. Notre Dame made it very clear that they liked Drew Aller, but there was other players they clearly liked more. It's, they offered Ty Simpson before. They offered Steve Angeli, Gavin Wimsett more. So at no point in time could you really say that Drew Aller felt like he was a priority for Notre Dame, which is a mistake. And does this hurt you now in trying to flip Caden Saunders, uh, a top really talented player from Ohio that's committed to Penn State that Notre Dame wanted? That you know That's a question mark. So to me, they just they've bungled this whole process. And look, I really like Coach Reese has done some very good things on the offensive side of the ball. As far as we hear from a lot of different receivers and different players that they really like him and he's engaging and all that kind of stuff. But but this is your position, and and he has not to me done a great job recruiting that position. So to me, when you look at this this uh, this pickup of of Drew Aller. I mean, excuse me, of, of Steve Angeli, this is just a, this is a miss. I mean, we have to be honest, right? I'm an analyst. We're being objective here. This is a miss. This is a nice quarterback that maybe you take early in your tenure when you're Brian Kelly, but he's not the kind of quarterback you should be taking right now, especially when you look at, although there's a lot of talent on the current quarterback depth chart, there's far from any sure things. And you need to be getting the best players year after year. Ohio State last year signed a quarterback in Kyle McCord who's high, more, uh, higher ranked than Tyler Buckner. So what did they follow up with? They went out and got the number one quarterback in the country. That's what great teams do. That's what the best team should be doing. Alabama has Bryce Young, a five-star recruit on campus. Well, they just went and got, uh, they just went and got uh, Ty Simpson, who's a, a top 50 recruit. So uh, this is just, to me, this is a miss. This was, this was poor planning. This was being slow to develop. Look, you can offer. You should have offered Drew Aller early, and then you know build the relationship. Maybe don't take a commitment from him until you're ready to to take that commitment. But that's a kid you should have gone after very early in the process. And the fact that Notre Dame didn't do that, uh, it just to me it was it was a miss. So that's that's my analysis of this. Uh, I, I I also think that this is not the kind of needle moving. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quarterback that can then influence other top offensive skill players. I, I don't think Steve Angeli is the guy that all of a sudden Caleb Brown says, hmm, Maybe I will look at Notre Dame because right now Notre Dame has almost no chance with Caleb Brown. Maybe it's the kind of guy that can get them with Tyler Morris instead of Michigan being his leader. Maybe it's the kind of kid that could could help you get Nick, Nicholas Singleton or Dallin Hayden in your class. I don't think Steve Angeli is that kind of guy. Now, maybe he is from a hard work standpoint. He's going to recruit well, but he's not a, a guy that people look at and say, wow, that's a top ranked guy. I want to go play with him. That's just not who he is right now. So that's my analysis. I'm going to look here at some questions here that you all have. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Uh, asked, uh, let's see here. Let's show this in here. So is uh, asked one two three two one says is Angeli a backup plan after whiffing on better prospects or is he a legit target? You know, I think that it's both. I think both are are clear. I don't think he is a plan B guy that they didn't like. That, that stinks that they just had to get to get a body. I don't think that's the case. But I do believe that this was a guy that they they got because they missed out on other top players. Uh, look, part of this is they chose him over they, – they chose not to recruit Sam Horn, who's a quarterback from Georgia that just committed to Missouri. That, to me, was a huge mistake. I know for a fact that Sam Horn was very interested in Notre Dame. When they passed on him, he, he jumped on a Missouri offer. He's, to me, a, a much better quarterback prospect than, than Steve Angeli. Notre Dame doesn't think that's true. So you could get into a, you know, we could disagree. The staff and I could agree to disagree on Sam Horn versus Steve Angeli, but Steve Angeli's not a take because they missed on Sam Horn, who's a top 100 quarterback. They thought he was better. And, and I appreciate that they're sticking to their board in that regards. I just think it was a bad evaluation. Um, I think they've made multiple bad evaluations. Um, in in the quarterback recruiting in this particular class, so I, I think that I I wouldn't call him a a backup plan per se, but it is a fact that there were other quarterbacks that they wanted that they liked more that they missed on, and I think they sort of have panicked and are rushing to get Angeli. To me, it's such a deep year. Let's let the offseason play out, and if guys are in a rush to go commit to other schools, there's two things you can do. 
One, keep evaluating more quarterbacks. It's, it's a really deep year. Number two, keep recruiting guys that are committed to other schools as well as doing the evaluation. If Drew Aller commits to Penn State tomorrow, keep recruiting him. If Drew Aller committed to Notre Dame tonight, do you think Penn State and other schools that like him would stop recruiting him? Of course not. So I just feel like this was a, a rushed move. It was an overreaction to them missing on some other guys and feeling like they had to – I mean, I don't know if it's a if, – if they were concerned about the PR of it, how it would look, I, I can't tell you what was in their mind, but I think this was a rush decision because it kind of happened where they pushed for Aller. He was like in Penn State. He's going to, you know, according, like I said, according to 247 Sports, he's going to pick Penn State. And so you kind of rush to say, well, we got to get a guy because Cade Kublik, who just committed to Clemson, who Notre Dame decided they didn't want to offer either, although he had a lot of interest in Notre Dame. Uh, so I don't know the backstory there. I just know that they evaluated him and decided to pass. It's good enough Clemson, but apparently not good enough for Notre Dame. So it's a little bit of a head scratcher. I just think they panicked. I think they 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 rushed it and instead of trusting the process, let the process play out. And if you know go out and recruit guys that are committed elsewhere, like they would to your quarterback and continue to view, evaluating the quarterback. So um do you think a KMA Preston, do you think he becomes a two four seven composite four star eventually? Yeah, I think so. I think he'll end up being a four star player. There are there are more things to this than just evaluations that go into where kids are ranked with some of these networks, and that's gonna factor into it. But I also think Steve Angeli is gonna keep getting better. I, I I think he's gonna improve as he goes into his second year as a starting quarterback. He's not that far away from being a, a composite four star anyway. Uh, he is, uh, like I said, Rivals has him as a four-star. ESPN hasn't ranked him yet, so who knows where ESPN is going to put him. If they put him as a four-star, then he'll he'll get bumped up. Right now, 247's own grade is why he's a three-star. So I, I certainly think he'll end up being a, a four-star quarterback. I, do, I don't think that he's going to be like a top 100 or top 150 guy, which honestly, at the end of the day, I don't care where his ranking is. I, I don't. I look at the film. My issue with Drew Aller is not, I mean, with with um, with Steve Angeli is not where he's ranked. Uh, I, as you, as anyone that's known me for any period of time, I, I trust what I see. I trust my own evaluation. I trust the evaluations of people that that I believe to be in the college level are good evaluators of talent at that specific position. I see Steve Angeli as he's a good player. I see that he was a number two option for a lot of schools, not the number one. And so the film tells me one story. What I see from camp workouts tells me a story. I see I, I see a guy that even when throwing on air doesn't show me great ball placement. Uh, a guy that doesn't show me the kind of effortless pocket throwing ability you need, in my opinion, to run this kind of offense. So uh, the film tells me the story. If he was a three-star recruit, Drew Aller, when I first fell in love with Drew Aller, was a consensus three-star recruit. Consensus three-star recruit. Now, 247 Sports has since jumped him into the top 100. But when I first started talking to you all about Drew Aller, he was a consensus three-star recruit. So I don't care about recruiting rankings. I care about talent. Does this guy have the physical tools to eventually become a game changer for your program? And Steve Angeli doesn't show me that. Now, could he prove me wrong? Sure, of course he could. And I hope he does. But I don't see it. I see this as a good, solid quarterback that's going to manage a conservative offense. I don't see him as a guy that to me is, hey, hey, boy, you put this guy at quarterback and you've got a chance to go compete against the big boys. I don't see that, and that's why I think a lot of the big boys they they didn't they didn't take him. Uh, Joseph Juan, does Angeli committing mean that Notre Dame was not going to get Aller, or do they really like Angeli more than Aller? Um, it's the it's the latter. It's because they were going to miss on Aller. 
So uh, Sid Iris says Notre Dame offered Aller way too late. Kelly Gaff. Uh, I mean, I would agree with that. I, I think they were they were way too late on that one. Uh, Jack Sullivan says the 2023 cycle will be uh, will be a big cycle of quarterback. Sure, that's fine, but you can't go every other year getting good quarterbacks, you know. And you don't have a guy right now in 2023. Now there's some good quarterbacks in 2023, but what if Tyler Buckner doesn't pan out? What if he gets hurt again? You know, th- th- then what are you going to do? You're going to have another excuse making season by Notre Dame where it's some circumstances or why they didn't make it. We'll, we'll see what happens at that point in time. Um. See here, there's a couple more down here. There was a question about uh, RPOs on Twitter that somebody asked me: Does does landing Drew Aller, who's not a mobile real mobile guy, at least not a runner, mean that they won't be running RPOs? I want to make sure that it's it's clear. RPOs are not. You do not need a mobile quarterback to run RPOs. The an RPO run pass option is different from a read zone. Read zone is what Notre Dame ran a lot of with Brandon Wimbush. That is where the quarterback. Rides the handoff, reads a front a front four defender, an edge defender for the pull or the give to the running back, or he's going to pull and run. An RPO is you call a run play. You're reading usually a second or third level defender. Depending on what that player does, either pre or post snap, depending on your read, you are going to pull and you're going to throw it. I would encourage you to go watch the RPO video we did. It's on the YouTube channel where I explain it. Mac Jones ran RPOs at Alabama last year flawlessly. Going into the college football playoff game against Notre Dame, Mac Jones had negative yards rushing on the season. You don't have to have a mobile quarterback to run RPOs. So I don't think this says anything about whether they will or won't run RPOs. Uh, You could have a statue back there that can run RPOs as long as he's a good decision maker and has a quick release and is accurate with the football. So it won't it won't uh, be there. Some people asking about could this be a factor in bringing in Jaden Gould? Sure, I mean I hope it is. Notre Dame needs it to be because that's a really talented player. But I don't think you ever use a quarterback scholarship to land a player to another position unless you're coming off like back to back years where you've landed like elite level quarterbacks. Uh, Thomas Leonard asks, were any other top twenty five teams seriously recruiting him? I don't think there were any top programs. I, mean, I don't care about top 25. I care about top 10. I don't know of any top 10 programs that were pushing for him. They were recruiting him. Yes. But I don't think he was a take at, he clearly wasn't a take at Ohio state who already has a quarterback. He wasn't. And my, my understanding is from what I've, what I've read, he's not a take at LSU. He, you know, there's Michigan, other schools, like other players, more Notre Dame, I believe was the only top program that right now he was a, he was a take at. So Thomas Walsh asks, so is 2022 recruiting QB recruiting done? Uh, Will they keep going after Aller? Or I'm going to take that away. Uh, I don't want to get too attack mode with this. I think it was a poor decision. I don't don't think it was necessarily a lazy decision. I think they they had a poor strategy. They were too late, too slow going after recruits. That's what hurt Clark Lee in the past. That's what has hurt, hurt the offensive staff when it comes to this. I think they were just too late. I think they were too slow. I think they they had bad evaluations in a couple regards. I don't think it was lazy, and I don't think they quit. I just think it was bad evaluations, and and the 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 strategy wasn't good. And we've seen that hurt Notre Dame in, in in the past. It hurt them at running back last year early on. Now they were able to recover and get two pretty darn good running backs, but this isn't the same kind of recovery 
that we saw last year when they got Logan Diggs and Audrick Estime. And I think this is a concern because, you know, let, let's we've talked about this. Notre Dame's recruiting on offense the last two years was excellent. Well, the guy that was the driving force behind a lot of that, Chip Long, is gone. Now it's a different staff leader, leadership-wise. The guy that was your closer on offense the last couple of years is gone. Can Tommy Reese be that closer? So far, it, it's not it's not looking great. So let's see here. Um, uh, what does this say about the plan for the future of the Notre Dame offense? Seems like looking for consistent ball control uh, over off-script playmakers. Uh, certainly, but I don't think I don't think I don't think having an off, not having an off-script playmaker is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we've talked about this: the difference between you know, Ian Book and and Phil Jerkovic. Ian Book would would you know, make plays if things broke down, but he was still an on-script quarterback. It was read, read, read. If it's not there, take off and run. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a a a quarterback that sits, sits in the pocket and reads the plays out and delivers the ball where he needs to go. That's what Mac Jones was. You know, not everybody has to be Trevor Lawrence. Not everybody has to be Phil Dracovic or, or these other Justin Field, these other run-throw quarterbacks. Zach Wilson from BYU, these guys can make a lot of plays with their legs. Mac Jones, like I said, was negative yards rushing going to the playoff. I would take him at Notre Dame. I would take that kind of play at Notre Dame. So I don't think it necessarily his style of play necessitates a slow conservative style of play uh, in regards to you could still do things with him. I just don't think he is a, a difference maker type of quarterback that can be the game changer. I think he's a guy that can manage an offense. He's a guy that if you have really talented playmakers around him could, you know, maybe get the ball where it needs to go. But the fact that he hasn't shown me to be an overly accurate quarterback is concerning to me. I'll take an, I'll take a guy. Drew Aller's not an overly accurate quarterback right now. And the, the game film I watched, he had some throws that were not even close, but the other tools were elite. So you work on that. You could see the mechanical problems that led to him being inaccurate. With Drew Aller, I don't think that you can, you know, unless his arm takes a big jump, which it could, I don't I don't think his issues are as fixable as a guy like Drew Aller. Tony Stangle asks, uh, does this mean they don't get another quarterback? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if they're gonna take a second quarterback. I think I think that's gonna depend on the health of Brendan Clark. If they think Brendan Clark is healthy and gonna stick around, I don't think you take two quarterbacks, but Honestly, if they kept recruiting other quarterbacks, I, I, I'd be a little bit more okay with this. So let's say they, they told Drew Aller at the beginning, hey, we're going to take two quarterbacks. So they're going to keep recruiting him. Or it, Gavin Wimsett, who's uncommitted, who, as you all know, is another quarterback I like a lot from Kentucky. He's uncommitted. If you keep recruiting Gavin Wimsett and you still push for him, then I'm cool with this one if you get him. you know. So if, if, Drew, if, if Steve Angeli is going to be your number two quarterback in a class, and you're going to still push for other top guys, which we talked about earlier. Keep evaluating quarterbacks. Make push for guys that maybe are committed elsewhere. Make a push for guys uh, that uh, you know maybe that that are uncommitted. Gavin Wims that we talked about. Then, then I'm cool with this. My tone, my tone on this whole thing changes if they're still pushing for other quarterbacks. So let's throw that caveat out there. My understanding is that that's not what they're doing. Now, if I'm wrong and they actually are going to take another quarterback, great. That's awesome. But considering the numbers they're pushing for at other positions combined with the overall lower numbers, what this class is going to be, I don't see how you could take two quarterbacks in this class. But if they do, then then my my stance would change a little bit. My criticism then would be, why are you taking two quarterbacks in a year where you don't really need two quarterbacks? So 
Um, Jay says now land some stud playmakers. Absolutely. But that that's true. No matter who they got at quarterback. Um, let's see here. Any other questions before we wrap up? I'm looking through here. Um, doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I'm going to read that. That's not even worth reading at this point in time. Uh, let's see here. Jack Sullivan with a comment. Reese, uh, Reese taking Angeli puts a lot of pressure on landing an elite receiver in class in 2022, which I don't see happening. You agree? Yeah, I, I think I agree on both. I think when you have a quarterback like Steve Angeli, and this is my thing on Drew Pine too, and you guys know I'm I'm really high on Drew Pine, but Drew Pine's the kind of quarterback that he is a he could be a great quarterback if you surround him with great players because Drew Pine is really accurate. He's a great decision maker. He can he can sort of be that elite point guard at quarterback where it's 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 kind of like what we saw from Ian Book back in 2018. Remember, I mean Ian Book's first I think six or seven starts, he was completing over 70% of his passes. He was just get the ball out, get it to Miles, get it to Chase, get it to Fink, get it to you know Alize, get it to whoever. That's fine. If you surround that kind of guy with other elite players, that's awesome. But if that guy is surrounded by just okay players and, and he has to be more of a playmaker, then that could hurt you. So a guy like Steve Angeli could be a productive quarterback if you can surround him with elite players up front, the offensive line, big-time running backs, stud tight ends, which Notre Dame is going to have for a couple years, and then big-time receivers. So, yeah, if they're able to go out and get big-time receivers, then I'm cool with that. But I don't see that. I mean, they're not going to get Caleb Brown. They're, I don't even think they're recruiting C.J. Williams and, and Teta Roa McMillan anymore. They are pushing for Tobias Merriweather, who I like a lot, but you know, they're not the leader for him right now. I, I don't know who that big-time receiver is that they're going to get. I don't even think they lead for Tyler Morris at this point in time. So, I, you know, it, it's it's there's some concerning things going on on offense. That is to say the least. In the offensive line class, there's some question marks there. They've got two good players already. I love Joey Tanona. But do they lead for any top, top guys right now? I don't know. So uh, it, it's certainly it's certainly concerning. Because here, here's the thing. For, for the last couple of years, especially under Chip Long, Notre Dame's offensive recruiting is what really carried them. This past year, the 2021 class, the offensive class is what carried this, cl this class. In 2020, the defensive class, you literally missed at safety completely. You missed at linebacker completely. Uh, your cornerback class was kind of, you know, three-star kids with some tools. You were you were good because you had a great offensive class. You had Drew Pine, you had Chris Tyree, you had Jordan Johnson, Xavier Watts, Michael Mayer, Kevin Bauman, Tosh Baker, Michael Carmody. It's really been the offensive recruiting that's carried the day. Well, now you hire Marcus Freeman, and I think he's upping the defensive recruiting but now you take a step back in offensive recruiting, and that's frustrating. What they got, they've got to figure out a way to get this on the same page. Coach Kelly has to sit back and look. And look, I wrote an article at IrishBreakdown.com. My latest midweek musings talks about this. There's four or five things that Notre Dame can do to take their recruiting operation to the next level. And if they do that, then those are things that Coach Kelly can do to allow this program to finally get it all on the same page. They're super, super close, and that's what's frustrating about it. They've got to make those changes. So. Will they do it? I don't know. See, a couple questions before we go. Um, so Michael Scheller asks, uh, hey, Brian, so Buckner – hey, Mike, we haven't talked in a long time, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Uh, so Buckner followed up by Angeli. So does so does Indy now go for a stud in 2023 to have a one-year gap from Buckner? I mean, that's, that's the spin that we'll hear, right? Well, you know, it was going to be hard to have a – 
you know, it's going to be hard to follow up Tyler Buckner, even though they followed up a top 50 quarterback at Ohio State with a five-star top five quarterback at Ohio State. You know, apparently Notre Dame can't recruit quarterbacks the way that Ohio State can. Um, but I don't think you can recruit that way. You can't you can't just pass on just, hey, we're taking an okay kid who's just a good depth player because we have Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner's thrown zero college passes. Tyler Buckner threw zero college high, you know, passes as a high school senior. I think he's a great talent. But you can't just start passing on quarterbacks until he proves himself. Now, if Tyler Buckner proves himself and he's healthy, then this won't matter as much. You go out and get a 2023 guy, and you're going to be fine. But that's a really, really questionable, shaky proposition. What if Tyler Buckner gets hurt again? I mean, there's all types of things to say. You have to recruit top quarterbacks every year, and you should have competition. That's the other thing. So um, that'll be the spin that comes out from some places about, you know, hey, look, they really like this guy, yada, yada, yada. They they really like the 2023 class, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to hear all the spin, but that's exactly what it is. So Mingo the Poet asks, what do we got to do to land more five stars? I'll reiterate what I said earlier. I don't really care about five stars. I mean, Alabama's stud quarterback was a three-star recruit. Devontae Smith was not a five-star recruit. Alabama's tight end was not a five-star recruit. John Mechie was not even a top 200 recruit. Slade Bolden was not a top 200 recruit. The only five-star guy they had on offense this past year was Najee Harris. So I, I, look, I look for guys with big ceilings. That's why I loved about Drew Aller. Yeah, he was raw. He might have, he may bust out. He may not be any good at Penn State or wherever he goes. I, you know, who, whoever he chooses. But you take a chance on that kind of elite talent. Give me the high ceiling guy over the low, the, the low floor, high ceiling guy, or the low ceiling, high floor guy any day of the week. I, you need those high ceiling guys. You do you want to look at Alabama? Alabama had Dylan Moses at linebacker. He was a five star recruit. They had Ben Davis at linebacker. He was a five star recruit. Notre Dame missed on him. I'll take three-star Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa over them any day of the week. They just need big-time players, whether it's three, four, five-star guys. Uh, in regards to what they can do to recruit better, I, I laid that out in that Midweek Musings. It's a free article. Go check it out at irishbreakdown.com. I, I go through, number one, I broke down Alabama and Clemson's rise to national titles and the fact that they didn't have – there was between the two of them, there was one top-five class that were not true freshmen in their the leading up to their first titles under their current coaches it's the big classes came after the titles so you look at that but then the second part was five things that Notre Dame can do to up their recruiting game to to take that next step so so we talk about that and we'll have a live mailbag tomorrow talking about defensive recruiting so you guys can uh, can ask about those things then uh let's see here let's see here uh hey Brian uh love y'all's content hope all's well love y'all's content Everything's good with me. I actually uh, published the story about Angeli committing while I was taking my wife out to dinner. So everything is good over here. Um, appreciate the, the compliments. I'll let pass this along events. We, we're working hard to try to give you guys great content. Um, KMA Preston, when do you think they will start offering 2023 QBs or will they wait too long again? I, I don't think they're going to wait too long. This is a weird year with COVID and not being able to have camps and all these kind of things. I, I think they will be a little faster. There's a there's a 2023 quarterback from uh, Illinois. I forget his last name. I think it's Tauscher. First name is Cole. Really talented young quarterback. He actually started over Angeli uh, in the Boom 7-on-7 seven seven team. So he's a guy that I would look at that hopefully they they don't go too slow on. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a good year. There's a chance to recover from this. Uh, and hopefully Steve Angeli proves me and some of the other people in this chat wrong, and he's a, a much better player 
uh, th than we think. So a couple other here. Um, Mike Hoff, uh, after 11 years, isn't this kind is, isn't this kind of, it is what it is at this point. I mean, we recruit what we recruit. I mean, yeah, I, sadly, I, I think you're, you're, you're kind of on point there. Hey, uh, where you at here? Hayden Owens. I see your question about this. Um, this is off topic, but you mentioned Jeff Brahma's head coach after Kelly, Wright. Is there anyone else? There is no top of your lift list. I, I talked about this in a recent mailbag. Uh, we'll have a defensive mailbag tomorrow. Uh, it, join the show then and ask then if you can't make it, we'll have one next week again. Uh, and, and we'll get to that. Cause I have started to kind of look through some new names. Some of the names I like, they're not options anymore cause they just got big jobs. So, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Some of these other questions are kind of more bigger picture. Save those for the mailbags, guys. Some really good questions going on right now. Um, so Mingo the Poet, I was told that Jackson kid from Indy that you're talking about, I haven't seen him on film yet. Uh, Notre Dame showed no interest in him. I've heard a lot of good things about him, so I'm going to look into him. I'm actually going to be um, one of the main you know, SI All-American we're working on together on coming up with the rankings for the quarterback position. So I'll be diving into all the quarterback films. So uh, I'll get a chance to watch him at some point in time. Uh, some of these other questions, y'all, are that aren't related to the quarterback thing. Join us tomorrow at one o'clock. I'll have us. I'll have a, a mailbag tomorrow. We're going to talk about defensive recruiting, uh, and we're going to talk about the Notre Dame defense because I do think there are some other commitments that could happen this month, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So KMA Preston, I see your question about that. Uh, join the show tomorrow. I'm going to wrap this one up here. Join the show tomorrow uh, and, and ask that question then, and I'm sure somebody else will, um, and uh, and we'll get into that. So. Thanks you all so much for joining the show. We had a big crowd tonight. We'll have another podcast tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll get started around then, answer all your questions about the Notre Dame um, defensive situation, the current team. We can talk about defensive recruiting. Uh, look forward to seeing all of y'all there. We're also looking into starting to record a lot of our podcasts live. And so like when we do like today, we did a, a, a cornerback or excuse me, a defensive tackle breakdown. We have our, our outline. We talk about what we want to talk about, what, we, what we're thinking about doing. And I want to get y'all's feedback on this. We record them the same time every day. What we're thinking about doing is kind of recording the podcast and just having it be live. And then if y'all have questions at the end, maybe opening up to questions. And so at least maybe not, we may not do that every day, but sort of having more live shows where we just record what we want to talk about. And then if you all have questions, you can ask them. Uh, so give me some feedback on Twitter, uh, Facebook group, uh, the Irish breakdown fan page, uh, hit me up. We have a community page at, on our YouTube channel where you can ask questions there. Uh, anyway, my email address is Brian at irishbreakdown.com. So give us some feedback on whether or not you guys would be interested in doing that. And, uh, and if you do, we'll do it. So, uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back again with you again tomorrow for our live podcast talking about the Notre Dame defense. Everybody stay safe. Have a great night. We'll talk to you again here very, very soon.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.